This is CliffCentral.com. Here's a powerful thing, I mean, it's got a lot of firepower. If you can figure out a way to wrestle that fear, to push you from behind rather than stand in front of you, that's very powerful. I have a dream. Multiplying leadership, moving society the millennial way. You don't want to end up going after goals and dreams and neglect yourself. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform with your host, Bongani Dao. Take control. Take control of your city. This is the instrument of your liberation. See, old friend, I brought more soldiers than you did. Identify yourself to the world. Youth Leadership Platform. A very good afternoon. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Youth Leadership Platform. I am your host, Bongani Tau. And right now, uh, what's happening today is we've got another exciting batch of um, guests who are going to speak on very important issues uh, within South Africa. Today's topic is activism. Activism um, in its broader sense. What is activism? But our main focus is going to be activism in the digital age. So how are you using technology to advance certain causes that you're passionate about? My guests today are doing... Um, such um, amazing and very important things. And we're going to talk about some of the things that are happening currently in um, our country, uh, one of which is the passing um, of Dr. Bongani. Um, we are very saddened um, by that. And we, we're going to unpack that a bit to, to talk a bit about depression, to talk a bit about how you know tertiary institutions system within South Africa, the South African context and, and, and the environment, everything that contributes to someone, um, uh, suffering from a mental illness to go to that extent. I mean, we, we read about, uh, university students who are committing suicides every now and again. And, and it's very problematic. We're going to bring in an expert from, uh, SADAC, uh, who's going to speak on how to deal with depression. We're also going to speak to um, them as well, the organization, about how we as people who live with people who've got depression uh, can be able to be there for them. But first up, uh, we have the editor of Cosmopolitan uh, on the line, and we're going to touch <laughs> based on activism from, from that front uh, for now. And, 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 we, we, we're going to carry the conversation from there. Uh, welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform. Hello, how are you? I'm doing Good well, and yourself? Very well, thank you. Awesome, awesome. So, social media backlash um, is, is the starting point. Uh, I've got one of <laughs> many ladies uh, that tweeted to... You know, it's kind of question, uh, the, the approach, what Cosmopolitan stands for, um, what your aims are as well with, um, this issue. Uh, would you like to comment on that to begin with? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Nomzamo is the cover star of our August issue and August is Women's Month. And what we really wanted to do is 
engage with the current discussion around women empowerment and equality. And that includes topics around Me Too and Time's Up. Mm-hmm. And for me as an editor, it was very important to find um, a local woman with a visible track record of fighting for social change. Sure. And there really was um, no doubt in my mind that Nomzamo is that person. She really is a celebrity with great substance. Um, she is a UNHCR ambassador. She's traveled to refugee camps in Kenya and Sudan to really help humanize the plight of displaced women and refugees. She's also been very vocal on issues of mental health. At her graduation, as we know, we saw her wear a dress printed with Sadak's toll-free anxiety and depression helpline. So she really is impassioned and vocal. And and for me, she, she really was the perfect cover star for our August activism issue. Interesting. And what can readers expect from from some of, I guess, the hashtags and topics covered within the issue itself? Yeah. So we um, we actually did two covers. So our main cover saw Nomzamo in a bodysuit. And we had that bodysuit custom made um, by our fashion editor and our creative director. Mm-hmm. And we had it printed with words that are really relevant to the discussion around women empowerment today. So we use words like feminist, me too, time's up activist, womanler, power, fearless, fun, female. Um, And then for our second cover, we did a limited edition cover. We had 5,000 copies printed only. And in that, we had the same words printed on a duck, which in itself is a powerful symbol of resistance. Um, And five grand from every copy sold, we are donating to a charity called Skaterstan. Now, Skaterstan is um, an outreach center and an NGO based in Johannesburg. And what they do is they teach young girls how to skateboard. And they use skateboarding because skateboarding is sort of traditionally seen as a boy's sport. You know, it's not accessible to girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do that to tell girls, young girls from underprivileged backgrounds, you know, you can be anything you want to be. If you want to be a pro skateboarder, you can be. If you want to be a pilot, you can be you want to be an accountant, you can be. And they help young girls with homework support while they're in school, career education. They help um, matriculants put their CVs together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is um, where Five Rand from each limited edition copy sold is going. And then on the 11th of August, we are um, co-hosting with Skaterstan, our girls only skateboarding session. It's a Saturday morning. It's from 9am to 11am. Uh-huh. And we are selling tickets at 50 rand each and all proceeds will be going to Skaterstan. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so I guess uh, you can stay tuned uh, to uh, the youth leadership platform because I guess, well, Nelisa has had an actually burning, burning question to, to, to ask. I don't know um, if you can go ahead and just ask a question um, right before we, we let you go. Hi, you're speaking to Nelisa. Um, Hello. So, uh, my question, I think, uh, I when I when I tweeted about the cover was not really about, uh, I guess, Nomzamo, um, because Nomzamo's work, I mean, speaks for itself. We know her; she's very loved um, celebrity in South Africa. My question was really about Cosmo, the platform itself, um, because. 
activism itself speaks to systemic change. It speaks to structural change. Mm. And my question was, um, how does a platform like Cosmo, which is not um, very transformed in terms of your editorial makeup, um, how ironic is it then that you are you know sort of riding the wave of 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 you know the hashtag activism hashtag girl power hashtag feminism 101 i actually bought a copy over the weekend and i read it um so my question was uh, you know what is your contribution to actual change um when it comes to your own organization in terms of um who gets to dictate what the narrative is how do you you know what informs what what you put out there um mm-hmm. of course the cover's going to sell Nomzam is popular we love her um but how do you avoid reducing uh, you know, almost reducing something that is so, uh, you know, as black women, we live this every day. So how do you, how do you explain that when your own organization does not speak to that? And I say, I ask this question because, um, Vanessa Raffaele was interviewed by Ashraf Garda a couple of months ago. And when I asked the same question to her about, um, what is the vision around transforming senior staff at Cosmo? Her response was, oh, we are launching an internship program. Mm. Yeah, well, I, um, I'm i really glad that you've asked this question. It's a question that I've been asked before. Um, and it's something that I, representation and diversity of the Cosmopolitan team is something that I am really passionate about. Um, and I am really pleased to announce that I have just appointed Noxolo Mafulu from, who is the current deputy editor at Huffington Post as the deputy editor on Cosmopolitan. And she's going to be joining our team from the 1st of August. Um, and actually the, the Cosmopolitan team, um, when I joined as editor last year, um, I was kind of not given a clean slate, but I was given the opportunity um, to recruit new members to the team um, and to also look at those contributing to the magazine um, and ensure that the contributors, the freelance journalists we, we use, are um, diverse and representative of our reader. And I've worked really, really hard to ensure that happens and to diversify the team from senior to junior level positions. Um, And I'm really, really proud of that. And I think that that really reflects in our content. So to answer your question around the activism issue, um, I think the key to really making sure that we are representative of the type of change all women and different women want to see happening in South Africa, um, we made sure that we collaborated uh, with a variety of voices. So one of the main features um, we did is called Agents of Change. Okay. Um, and there we have, um, for example, in Tabison Makona, and um, she is a member of the Intersex Society of South Africa, She's a human rights activist, um, and she particularly focuses on healthcare services 
especially around HIV, TB, mm-hmm. and sexual and reproductive health rights. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a passionate LGBTQI social justice issue campaigner, um, and she is the regional advocacy officer for the AIDS and Rights Alliance for Southern Africa. Um, another person that we, we actually featured eight women, okay. um, each of them passionate about different issues. And another one of those is Busisiwe uh, Sibe, and she was head of logistics back in 2015 for the Fees Must Fall Rising. Hmm. Um, and then um, a third one, for example, is Poncho Pilan, and she is um, she was really kind of spearheading um, the movement to abolish tampon tax in South Africa um, and make um, menstrual hygiene products and sanitary wear accessible mm-hmm. to all women. Um, and that's something that we um, we collaborated with her on um, in this issue. It's something that we campaigned for back in June. And when you talk about systemic change, um, for example, back in June around um, Gynae Health Day, National Gynae Health Day, mm-hmm. we launched a big nationwide campaign um, against tampon tax, calling on signatures. We got over 50,000 signatures, um, and that is something that we will be taking to the Women's Committee. We have been in touch with the Women's Committee. So we are using our platform to gather diverse voices Mm -hmm. and bring about change um, from the top down, we hope. That's our mission, and that's our objective. Well, thank you so much, uh, Holly, for for joining us on the show. Um, We'll move back into the studio. And um, right before we actually engage in the conversation with uh, my in-studio guests, uh, we're going to listen to a clip um, from Kevin um, Naidu. We we attended the Marie Claire Power Summit as well, and there were—I mean, I was one of ten men in a room full of women, and and I, I, that I I learned a lot from 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 that. And so Kevin Naidu had uh, this to say. Hi, I'm Kevin Naidu from The Orbit. Uh, I'd like, just like to say it's been a great day, great event thus far. Uh, it's nice to get a different perspective uh, on business, on youth, uh, on our society. Um, and I myself, I'm just tired of a single voice, or seemingly a single voice and a single perspective on what's happening in society. So one of the most important aspects for me is around safety for women. I think when we look at discrimination, one of the worst aspects of that is actually not allowing someone to realize their full potential. And something as simple as safety doesn't allow somebody to feel free, to feel safe, and to actually express themselves freely. Um, That's such a... It's not just for women, but for society in general. That's such a wasteful, uh, a wastefulness uh, to waste someone's full potential. That was um, Kevin Knight. So now, ladies, um, in front of me, I would love to have you introduce yourselves, and then I guess before we even start. Speaking about um, what 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 Kevin Naidu just spoke about uh, issues of safety, issues of discrimination, and how that um, impacts one's um, 
ability to reach their potential, you know, in, 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 in whatever sphere or in, in however way you experience discrimination in, in, in this world. So I'm going to start with Nelisa. Um, mm. kindly introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and then, uh, we'll move on to Ularat and then we'll, we'll, we'll address the issue from there. Um, okay, my name is Nelisa Molana, Cape Tonian, now living in Johannesburg. Don't leave babes with petitions behind. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I guess I'm here. I guess I'm here because of that. Um, yeah, so, uh, my, so uh, what I, where I work, uh, I run a PR agency mm-hmm. that I own. Um, I also run a platform for freelance journalists. Who called Media Fair to Africa? So people who work uh, from rural areas who are freelancers oh, wow. out there. So to try and connect them to news editors wow. in urban centers, um, you can follow us at Indabanet um, on Twitter. Um, and um, outside of my work, I'm just a person who's very outspoken. <laughs> I can't be quiet <laughs> when I see injustice. Sure. I guess because I, you know, I. Unlike a lot of you guys in the room, I, you know, I still come from a, a generation where uh, many times you are the first black pers- person to do around stuff. the table. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I guess you know, hmm. speaking up on things is, is, is just natural. Sure. Um, my name is Lerato Mutau, um, and I am. What am I currently doing? I am surviving. (laughs) Uh, I am surviving, but I am also, the reason why I'm here, I'm an activist. So I'm part of a a, a few initiatives such as the Total Shutdown, um, the Wiyanamzamo Collective, uh, former, well, current, well, still a Fees Must Fall activist. So there's been a number of things that I've been doing. um, And why am I, just like Nelly Sanna, I don't have, a stop. If I see something that's going wrong, I'm going you to fight. You have a voice. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes I forget how small I am. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. But uh, I, I, I don't like bullies. Okay. I really don't like bullies, and a lot of injustice and discrimination is just a performance of bullying. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and it just creates people my with an excessive need to dominate, right? Yeah. Hmm. Insecurity and privilege, when mixed together, become very dangerous. Sure. Hmm. You you heard um, Kevin Naidu. What, are, what 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 is what is the first thing that um, popped into into your mind? I think for me, the 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 idea around safety is something that I'm constantly aware of mm-hmm. as a mother of a teenager. Mm-hmm. I think the first time it ever became such a reality as in, in my own home was when my daughter started high school and she literally, and she had to walk from home. My worry wasn't her kind of doing her own thing because she's quite a well-disciplined person. Sure. But I was worried about the fact that it's a five minute walk between, you know, home and school but knowing that she's not um she's not safe in the world and there's nothing that i can do about that mm. um so for me I, I i guess also as an older person you you get to a point where you accept that that's the way things are that we are not safe um it's you accept that that's that's that you know you learn to kind of survive um 
to make your way around knowing that you know I can't be at a specific place at a certain time I can't walk at a certain place I have to if I'm going to walk alone across Mandela Bridge I need to find a man who's walking alone yeah. and ask him to walk with me or whatever the case may be hmm. it's just I guess you know it becomes part of what what who we are and, and, and it becomes part of our thinking sure. um, in terms of, um, you know, n- knowing that we are not safe, even in relationships, you know, at the slightest, you know, raising of a voice, you're just like, <laughs> I'm out. Dead. So you are constantly, I mean, you're right there in your own bedroom. It's something that we have to constantly be, be aware of. Um, and it's been interesting as well. For me, I have a son. My son is, is, is almost three. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, it's, it's changing a lot of how I, you know, his father and I were actually talking about teaching him consent, you know, even just, you know, things like that. Sure, we're now sure, we live sure. in an age where I, you know, I have to teach him, you know, to say yes or no if he wants to be hugged or kissed or whatever, because you want to create um, that, you know, that, that thing of him knowing what's right and what's wrong. And mm-hmm. that, and that for me is a little bit, it's, it's quite a scary thing when you reflect, when you reflect on that. It's an interesting point that, um, you should raise that, uh, as a mother, because there's, there's a, there's an aspect of, I guess, the, the whole issue about raising men that will, will, will make, or, Natini, men that will not threaten. The, the very livelihood of women and how yeah, no, it's and what and what role women have in 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 in, in that right yeah. but lerato um let's hear your views Kala, on kevin naidu before we we get into anything <laughs> <laughs> i mean i agree i think what i would just like to add to that would be that it actively shrinks the space you can occupy in the world it makes your world Shucks. that much smaller right mm, mm, mm. Like Nelly was saying, that you have to think about where you're walking, who you even taking something as simple as a taxify or an Uber. Sure. You have to think about your safety as a woman. But I also want to touch on the psychological implications of living with that everyday violence, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Because women are constantly living with anxiety. Sure. Um, and that has, I mean, you're going to talk about depression later and the triggers for that. But the fact that we're constantly living with anxiety means that half our brain potential is, lim- is, is, is taken by constantly thinking about where am I going to go? Who am I going to be with? Is this person going to uh, um, harass me? And it contributes to depression and all those things. And if you think about limiting potential, that's the part, you know, how, how am I walking around in a world so filled with anxiety and yet the world wants me to show up fully as myself? Hmm. Mm, 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 mm. Those are, those are some very powerful and very important, mm. um, I guess, aspects to this conversation that, that you're raising. How, how would you define activism? For me, it is, you know, when, when I got the, email about the <laughs> I was just I was just like oh um I think you for me <laughs> no, I think, I think, I mean, I've, I think I've had, you know, uh, quite a number of conversations around isms. Sure. Right. Sure. And I think I, you know, in, in another conversation around feminism, for example, mm-hmm. my question, my, my immediate response is always, the terms confuse me, um, personally, and 
I, I regard myself as, you know, as, as somebody who, if there's an injustice, I speak about it. But I think for the sake of the conversation, I define activism as championing, um, systemic, uh, or quite fundamental, you know, driving for tangible change. Sure. I, I think there has to be that element of changing in a big way. So it's not just sending out one tweet. Mm. Mm. <laughs> there has to be a fundamental change. You know, you know, there has to be the moving from one point to the next. Sure. Um, I, yeah, that for me is how I define it for myself. Larato? So unlike Zibinki next to me, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I actually, I can cancel. <laughs> I actually went to Google because, I mean, first the, the, I, I took for granted what, that I knew what activism was and okay. I could define it. Sure. But then I realized that I actually don't know what activism was. So I went to Google and Google says it's the campaigning and, and, and mobilizing to bring about political and social change, which is what Nelly is touching on, right? Fundamental sure. political change. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking about the fact that Activism does not necessarily mean that it's a good thing, mm, right? Sure. Mm, mm. Um, I mean, think about how white people were advocating for fundamental change during apartheid or to keep the status quo. Sure. It's not necessarily a good thing. I think it matters that the context is highlighted. Mm. Sure. Mm. Absolutely agree. So in, in, in the context of magazines um, coming into into play where the content that has been fed to the public. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Am I getting you rolled out right now? No, no, no. So I think for me, I think part of the point that I was making with, with, with the Cosmo issue, for example, was around the fact that you get, for example, a destiny, right? Sure, sure. Which completely like burst onto the scene to try and, um, to try and obviously create um, a space for uh, what success looks like for us okay. as black women, what okay. excellence looks like as women, how we can learn from each other in that way. And then you have a, I think before this, I hadn't looked at Cosmo since I was like, I don't know, 25. And that was a long time ago, primarily because Cosmo is always about, you know, sex, uh, you know, how to please your man, which is great. I mean, those things are fine. But also I think for me, we need to be true and genuine to, to issues. And also we also need to be able to, to question the platforms that claim to, to advocate for us. Um, because, I mean, I, I still don't think, you know, even after the explanation, I, I still feel I let's not hijack, um, you know, things that are so deep and so, you know, I think it speaks to what you were saying around how, you know, how, you know, where activism can be positive or negative and also understanding that people hijack things to suit their own narratives. Interesting. Lerato? So when the Cosmo came, the Cosmo issue hit the platforms, right? The social media platforms. And so by no means, I love Nomzamo. Mm-hmm. And my issue with the cover was not with Nomzamo. Um, mm. and I know about Nomzamo's work and, and I've been celebrating with Nomzamo as like a black girl. I'm like, yes, sisters, do it. <laughs> um, but then, so three, well, 
fundamental my, my fundamental questions are how much is Cosmo and who is it reaching? Okay. Um, if you check the price tag of Cosmo, a majority of black women cannot afford it. So who are you speaking to? Okay. It, atta- it, it attaches a very classist aspect to activism and it raises the real very deep history of activism in this country, right? Okay. Um, thirdly, there was a, a line that says female rising and I was just like, okay. What does that mean? What is a female? And you're attaching that to Womandla, which has a very deep history in feminist activism in this country. Mm-hmm. You're attaching it to feminism in this country without context. That cover was completely acontextual and erased the history of black women's activism in this country and placed a very... So it, it makes it look like activism has a face sure. and has a class sure. and has a... And most activists in this country are in the dark, dingy places that no one else is reaching. These are poor black women who make activism out of their money. They lost sense. They do things. Mm. So when are we going to highlight those things? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was happy that I saw like a fellow activist in the cover, but the cover wasn't meant to highlight that, right? Mm. And then the other part was... Let's talk about Cosmos, particularly because they use a very feminist, and, and it was implied. It was implied. There's a deliberate, they did, I looked at that cover. There's a reason why she looked like Beyonce in that ponytail. There's a, there's a certain class aspect and image that they're attaching to the word activism, which alienates people who don't look like Nomzamu, mm. who don't have Nomzamu's mm. money. So what does it mean to be a feminist mm. in this country? Mm. What about Cosmos' role in giving Sorry, in, in triggering insecurities in women, you have like this diet fads, there's, there's all those things. Is Cosmo an activist issue? No, it's not. Hmm. Let's, let's rope in another, um, um, good friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to, um, introduce himself, but he's, he's, he's a, he's a trailblazer in, in the LGBTQI plus, um, spaces. Um, Doing doing very important work um, in the country, and I'll, I'll leave the honors um, to him. He runs a digital um, magazine as well that we're gonna speak about, and how he's using that as well to as a voice uh, for him and to to advance um, his cause. Mutlati. Hi, Vangani. <laughs> so, who so are you, uh, our I, listeners? I am Matazi Mutsiwile at Miles underscore MCM. On <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I am an entrepreneur, I'm a communicator, I'm gay professionally. <laughs> <laughs> a professional stubborn. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and I mean, I, 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 op- I operate in the media and communication space. Sure. I run a magazine, digital magazine called Grandeur mm-hmm. and currently excited to be, uh, launching and curating a list that will recognize and celebrate amazing LGBT people across the continent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- just about what I do. I mean, I, every now and then I step into offices and I tell people how to speak to LGBTI people uh, from a consumer point of view. So that's what I do for a living. And we need that, right? <laughs> of course we do. Of course mm-hmm. we do. I mean, uh, apparently the pink rand is worth, the pink economy rather, is worth 103 billion rands. Really? So, yes. 
so people need to be told how to get that money, and yeah, if they yeah. don't speak to us, then they're not going to get that money. So that's what I do. That's who I am. Wow. So what is activism to you? Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't necessarily disagree with what Nelly and Lerato have said activism is, but for me, I mean, I, I always find it's about living in such a way that, you know, puts across a message, a positive message. For me, it's about positive messaging in actions. Okay. So it's about what do you do daily or every now and then on the regular that then says we want to be seen, we want to communicate, we want to achieve certain things. Mm. So mm. I'm an LGBT activist. What am I doing for the LGBTI community sure. on the regular, on the daily? For me, it's about creating visibility. How okay. do I do that? It's by putting out a magazine that then says LGBTI people exist in different spaces, in corporate space, in politics, in communities, in various class spaces. Etc. Etc. Sure. It's about celebrating the achievements and you know existence of LGBTI people. You're doing that how putting together a list that then says there's an LGBT person in Nigeria, you know, which is one of the most homophobic countries on this continent. But there's an LGBT person in that particular country who's doing work that advocates for the rights of LGBTI people in that country. There's an LGBT person in East London in Tanzania who's constantly making noise about the recognition, the respect of rights of LGBTI people from a service provision point of view, from a Social uh, point of view, from a safety point of view, sure. etc., etc., and those people are activists as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, I had to see Akumalo not so long ago <laughs> on the show. <laughs> I know he's a, he's, he's, he's a favorite to you, <laughs> of course. And 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 he spoke about he, you know, when he mentioned this, it, it was an eye opener for me. He said, "We we need to build a society where um, gay people um, do not have to come out." Mm. And and when I thought about that, I thought about depression as well. Mm-hmm. That the mere fact that someone will take their life is because there's people that who look at people who have committed suicide and call them cowards, who mm-hmm. call them selfish, who call them all these different things. So you you're trying to deal to deal with something within you, right? That you're trying to understand, and as well, you need to cater for people's feelings. Mm-hmm. What's 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 what are what are your thoughts around this? In an ideal world, I, I, I always say in an ideal world, people would not need to come out. And I think we, we, we kind of are reaching that I- idealistic place. It's a very interesting thing. So you find young people these days, like six, 16, 17 year olds don't come out. Sure. They, sure. they bring their boyfriends and girlfriends home and they meet their parents and, you know, and it's a conversation <laughs> that like, hi mom, I'm your son, meet my boyfriend. And it's, it's not, it's not, it's not a thing sure. for young people because they're growing up in a different era. But then you still have 40, 50, year olds who mm. haven't come out. Mm. They're living their lives as, as as queer people, but then they haven't come out. Either they haven't come out at work or they haven't come out to their families or they haven't come out at church. And that's and that's the you know the reality of coming out. People never stop coming out. You join a new company and the first thing you do is hi, I'm Atlatzi and I'm gay. <laughs> uh you sure. know, you, you move cities and you start you know, you attend a different church and you come out because people people want to come to your house and then they come to your house they must meet your partner. So you must almost like sensitize them and part of that is you know coming out because you you wonder will people be fine with coming to my house and meeting my same sex partner so you know and in a, so what i'm saying is in an ideal world people wouldn't need to come out but then because of how society still you know navigates itself and still tries to understand the lives of queer people then people still will need to come out and because of how even systems you know government politics uh, service providers mm, clinics mm. police stations etc 
cetera, et cetera, how people who work in those particular spaces are, you know, wired to think about uh, same-sex practicing people, then people constantly need to come out. You go to a police station. I did a dialogue the past weekend and, you know, a girl was talking about how she went to police station to report uh, a gender-based violence case. And then she says it was fine until they found out that her partner was you know, a female partner and mm. suddenly the way she was being treated and mm. suddenly the way her case was being handled was, mm. was different mm. because people didn't think it, it, it lost its importance. Mm. You know, yes, it was going to be very, very important, uh, when they thought it was a man who had abused her, but then the moment they found it was a woman, then it was like, uh, but do we continue with this case? Uh, you mm. know, and, and, and because of that, and part of that is coming out. So that woman went through different levels of violation because once she had come to report her case to say, sure. I was violated by my partner. Uh, okay, great, great. We are going to help you. I was violated by my female partner. Um, okay. Let's think about it. Sure. You know, hmm. so people constantly need to come out because of those things. Sure. Let me jump in there and say, now we're in the digital in in the, in the digital space, right? Uh, there's there's plenty of um, hashtags that have come uh, throughout uh, the last couple of years to try and address certain issues like fees must fall, men are trash, um, me too, um, which has sparked a, a global conversation, right? On 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 violence and discrimination, amongst other things. Are, are hashtags um, enough? How can we use um, social media? To, to, to get the message across more effectively than we are doing now. Okay, so I'll maybe share um, mine, how I became Babes of Petition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell us. Uh, so um, back in 2016, um, when um, the the police ministry released um, stats um, for the country around yes. like violence and, and, and all of that. So the organization I was working with at the time, we did a series of articles around um, how young people were are, you know, our perpetrators as well as affected by violence. So we looked at different aspects of um, where young people are in terms of these numbers. Sure. And um, the one thing that stood out for me was the fact that Nyanga had been the murder capital for five years in a row. That was back in 2016. Mm -hmm. It's still the same. It hasn't changed much. So that one stuck out for me because I grew up in Nyanga. I'm from Nyanga. I have family. I have home in Nyanga. So I was like, how did I miss this? How, how did I miss this at all? And I just started like Googling and looking up like how, 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 like, how is this not a thing? Right. And I immediately, I was just like, I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter. Let me, the mayor's on Twitter. Why am I not asking the mayor? Sure. I mean, like, right. Let's cut the, the, you know, the conversation. Let me not wonder anymore. The person that I need is, is within my grasp. And I when she, she responded immediately, right? I think she didn't know what my intentions were in sure. the, in the sure. beginning. And the more I was badgering her, the more she was just like, actually, like nigga, get off me! I like I don't have an answer for you. So out of that frustration for me in that moment, I was like, I need to say something, mm -hmm. and I felt that I could say something because a I have a friend who has an amazing platform where I could do a petition on, um, Mandela.mobi. So I was just like, I'm gonna just you know do that because I know I can. Um, you know I can get people around me I can you know I have access to some media people through obviously being a PR person 
I'll get enough voices, right? So for me, it was just like, I need to say something about this. The world needs to know. Let me get it out there. Mm-hmm. It took me less than five minutes to do the petition. I got everybody in the office to sign it. Da, 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 da. And then it was like, yeah. First day, I think we got like 50 signatures. I got 50 signatures. Then after that, it was like, boom. Dead quiet. No, dead quiet. It went dead quiet, primarily because I assumed that people would care about the issue. Because sure. I was just like, these are black people dying every day. Um, surely people will 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 care about this. It went dead, 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 dead quiet. Um, firstly because I realized that people don't actually. We don't really care that much about each other as I, I assumed, especially on social media. Um, people will retweet your thing, but they won't necessarily put their name next to it. Um, I think the petition only gained traction when Sabelo from Live Magazine interviewed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then they started spreading, um, the petition and then I started getting, um, you know, a lot of media attention sure. and, and it moved quite quickly. Sure. But before I stop, the one thing that made me kind of take a back step from the petition was sure. that over time people started assuming that I'm speaking on behalf of people in Yanga, right? Oh, okay. And it, it didn't sit well with me because sure. I don't live at the time I lived Nyaga is the most dangerous neighborhood. I lived in the safest neighborhood of, of, of Cape Town, right? Sure. I lived in Fishhook. And I was just like, I can't be the spokesperson for a thing that I don't know about. Uh, in the sense that I don't experience that violence day to day. Sure. Um, but I can still keep pushing. I mean, I still push. Or stand um, in solidarity with them, right? Yes. So I still push. I was adopted by a couple of other organizations. Um, and most importantly, you're I'm gonna I'm gonna have to sorry yeah, no, <laughs> catch, catch you short. Catch me, catch me. Um, let's hear Lerato and and and, and Mutlati, and then we'll move um to a different aspect of the conversation as well. I mean, first of all, I think there's a false dichotomy between what we term as online activism and on the ground activism because people who are actually yeah. tweeting are people who are often very Not on the ground, on. right? Sure. So um my my experience with with online activism, which for me then really showed me how much online spaces are very effective in in, 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 in helping bring about change and, and amplifying sure. people's causes was during FISMA's fall. Like, mm-hmm. brah, we'd get like tweets from people in America and China telling us, if you get here, guess, yes, I so, I so, I so. We just like, oh, okay, so if we, we're getting tear gas, this is what we're going to do. The TNT and the, students know, knew best how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. TNT students knew best how, but like they were on T, they were on their campus and they were fighting their own sure, b- sure. fight, right? But then mm-hmm. like we, we got information and ways of how to organize and how to actually push back or sort of mitigate the violence that universities and the, and the states were, were, were throwing at us, right? Sure, sure. Um, and then we'd also say like, Joe, I'm a poisa. They're in this corner. Don't go there. Go that way. <laughs> so that, that kind of sure. activism, I mean, look, there are limits to social, me- social media activism. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it should stop there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the false dichotomy. I struggle with that false dichotomy sure. because people are actually doing work online and offline to further these causes. Mm. What social media does is amplify and bring together causes that are not necessarily related or people from faraway places. 
Thank you so much, Moss. Uh, I, I speak as someone who actually found their voice online. Okay. You know, prior to Facebook, I, I was just a student going to class, et cetera, et cetera. But then through realizing different people were doing different things and online and like learning of different movements and so forth, especially within the LGBTI space, I then, you know, uh, found a way to plug myself into different movements on campus and off campus and start building relationships with different people who are doing different things and finally finding a space where, you know, I, for lack of a better expression, found my niche, sure. you know, where I could say I want to focus on visibility and not necessarily maybe health related matters sure. of, you know, f- and that all of that began online. And I then realized that actually by starting to write about, uh, you know, I started blogging like, Years ago uh, And <laughs> for me That was me Driving um, You know A movement around visibility And that okay. was also a digital, a digital tool That I used to then say How can we start saying As LGBTI people We can be seen at, You know Wherever you're from And that literally I mean I started having friends In Cape Town mm. You know Who got to read my blog Because someone else On Facebook Shared you know The link and so forth mm. So there is an importance uh, To you know Hashtags And creating community And you know uh, 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 Proliferating uh, Information about our movements like Lato say. Mm. Thank you so much. We're gonna pause this conversation here and uh, we're gonna Alright. Um so continuing actually because we were supposed to have somebody <laughs> on the line. Yeah. Um thinking about um how now things play out on, on, on social media, the sensation and, and, and all these different things on certain aspects um that are spoken about. How can we now at this point in time with relatively what you are all doing move to a point where you know as 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 a, as a country racism is still a problem as well you think <laughs> <laughs> hello <laughs> hello <laughs> where we start getting more constructive with the, the, the hashtags and, and, and the causes that we're trying to put out. Because wh- what, what tends to happen is the sensation happens on social media. You get to the boardroom, all these problems still exist. But we, so, and also, so, and so, also, so what, and also those, what are we doing? and also there's no connection between the sensationalism on social media. Like you might spend a whole weekend having heated debates about, um, race relations, etc. And obviously your boss is not on Twitter. Your boss is not on Facebook. Your boss is not in your WhatsApp group. Sure. I think for me, I, the difference is that I come from, I've grown up at a time where my activism, I lived on the streets before I lived it online. I mean, sure. I worked for a trade union for a long time. So for me, I know what, you know, social media is an amplification. I think we need to move towards a realization that it's not enough to tweet. It's not enough to hashtag. And if you can't join in person, make a point to read up about those things mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. they fit into the general scheme of things. And also to avoid speaking for other people. Sure, sure. Lerato, before you come in, and Mutlati, before you come in, um, let's invite uh, Kathy, who is on the line joining us um, from SADC, which is the South African um, Depression um Group association South African Depression and Anxiety. There you go, <laughs> Kathy. Welcome to um, the Youth Leadership Platform. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. No, thank you so much for taking time out uh, to join us. Um, obviously, um, there's there's news that's that's um, currently trending about uh, 
the passing of the beloved Dr. Bongani. And, you know, there's the speculations around and there's conversations around depression and, and, and mental health. And we wanted to rope you into, to the conversation. We, we're speaking activism in the, in the digital age. Um, and I guess the, 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 the first question that I would, um, love to ask is how can, um, you know, family members and friends who have people who live with depression be more supportive and be more helpful to people who are living with depression? And that's such an important topic because, again, depression doesn't only affect the individual. It affects friends, family, colleagues at work. And often it can feel really helpless because you don't quite know what to do or how to do it or, or how to help someone. And we use the same example. If you had a loved one with diabetes, would you try to cure it yourself or treat it yourself? Mm. We're not experts in all these kinds of issues that can affect people. But the way that you can help is by offering support, getting them to a professional, learning up as much as you can about things like depression or anxiety. There's also things like a, 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 a to-do and not-to-do kind of list. What should you say? What shouldn't you say to someone? And I think as a society, this brings in the stigma. Mm-hmm. So often we say, you know, just snap out of it or think positively. You know, those, <laughs> and, you know, those yeah, are the most frustrating things to hear. Yeah. But again, it's just it's, we're not informed. We don't have the information. We don't know what to do or how to do it. And because it's not something that you can physically see, it's difficult for us to have to grasp and understand. And that's why education is so important and mm. learning as much as you can about what it really feels like to have depression. Hmm. In, 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 in corporate South Africa or in any working place, you know, it's, it's difficult to have uh, bosses and managers and, and key individuals to change the environment to accommodate people who suffer from um, any mental illness. Um, so what, what, what is some advice that you can give um, to someone who's listening right now uh, to the show, who's, who's probably, you know, having panic attacks, anxiety attacks, and, and an occasional um, <clears throat> mood swings, right? And, 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 and depression. What are, what are some uh, key helpful tactics to, deal with the, those kinds of, of situations practically? I think when we when we get the calls on a daily basis from people, it's, it's a very stressful time for a lot of South Africans, whether it's work or personal um, relationship types of issues. All of this has a massive impact on, on how we daily functioning. And when you're at work trying to concentrate and you're anxious or stressed and that, you know, you're not eating, you're not sleeping, it's it's very, very difficult to cope. And I think it's going back to basics and looking after yourself um, and looking after your body. And it doesn't mean going taking a gym membership, but just making sure that you're eating well. And it could be the simplest thing, but often, you know, packing a lunch, packing a snack, um, eating something that's not fast food at the last minute, nourishing your body, making sure you're drinking enough water. Go to bed at the same time every night to make sure that you get enough sleep um, and that you're resting. It's also making sure that if you have these symptoms that are impacting your daily functioning at mm-hmm. work and at home, mm. that you seek professional help and you talk about it. I cannot stress enough, talking is so key. And sometimes you can't open up at work, you can't open up with a colleague or even a family member because you feel like they're going to judge you or they don't understand. Mm. Mm. You know what? Pick up the phone and speak to a counselor at FedEx. You can be anonymous if you want. You can phone us on our toll-free number. 
0800-21-22-23. You can visit us on our website at www.sadag.org. The most important thing is that there is so much support out there and self-help tips and online tools. It's just about knowing where to go and how to access them. All right. Thank you so much, Kathy. Before you go, uh, Lerato has one quick question to ask. Thank you. So I have a quick question about your toll-free number. Um, uh, it's 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 landline toll-free, right? Sorry, say again. Is it toll-free from a landline phone? Landline and most cell phone networks. Um, most cell so phone we networks. have cell phone networks. We haven't had people that have been charged their airtime um, yet, but we just have that as a disclaimer. Um, so you can phone us from 8 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock at night on 0800 21 or on our after-hours emergency lines 0800 12 13 14 or 0800 323 We also know that a lot of people might not even have airtime or they're worried about you know access to a phone, but mm-hmm. they can also SMS us and we can call them back. They don't have to stress about if it's going to affect the airtime what, or anything what's, what's like What's the that. number to SMS? They can SMS us on 31393 and we will call them back. They can also go for online counseling via our website and you can chat live to a counselor on a daily basis. Or you can fill a form on our website and you can have a counselor call you back. So basically, there are a ton of different ways that you can access that egg and access help. It's just about plugging in to whether it's the website, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, SMS, helpline, online contact forms. The most important thing is just to reach out. And if you have a friend that you're worried about, encourage them to speak to someone. Well, thank you so much, uh, Kathy, for um, <clears throat> joining us on the Youth Leadership Platform. And thank you for that um, information. And to everyone listening, um, please go and look up Sadek and get the necessary help that you need. I mean, we all think or would like to think that we are strong and that we can weather the storms of life. And it's fitting because we're talking about activism and be, there's activism exists because people are going through stuff, right? People are experiencing injustices every single day of their lives. We're going to go around the table and we're going to, we have five seconds each to give us your, your, your parting message to uh, the youth leadership platform listeners. Um, we'll start with Muklati. Um, oh, five seconds. Yes. Get up and do something. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, I think for me, a quick one is, um, it, it takes more than just tweeting. Sure. Um, join us on Wednesday, one March, one August, um, for the total shutdown. What, what is the total shutdown quickly? The total shutdown, I think Lord will do it better okay. justice than um, me. The total shutdown is, um, a movement that was organized on Facebook by a group of women, women who were tired of the high gender-based violence rates in South Africa. Um, it started on Facebook and then it, it sort of migrated to actually people wanting to take to the streets. Um, and it's on the 1st of August. Um, for anyone who wants more information, because it's across the country, it's in Lesotho, it's in Namibia as well, um, because comrades that side are also supporting. Sure. Um, if people want more information, I've got like a pinned tweet on my profile giving everyone information about the program, the starting points, the times, as well as how to donate to support the total shutdown. And what, what is your, what are your handles? Ish, yo. It's at, um, at Women Protest SA. 
Thank you. It's at Woman Protest Essay. That's total shutdown. I'm yes. doing it in my individual capacity. Okay. My pin tweet is at Oya underscore Amorfati, which is O A Y underscore A M O R F A T I. And then the pin, you don't have to follow me, comrades. The pin tweet, um, gives you all the information about the region, your starting times, and the entire program. All right. Thank you so much, um, to all our guests for joining us today. And, you know, one of the most important lessons I've learned, I guess, in this uh, particular month is even if the, in any, any issue or any injustice that you see, even if it does not affect you directly, you can show solidarity because every ism, right, or any ism, we are all wanting equality in, in some form or way. And if you want to be supported, you also need to support other people. Thank you so much for listening to the Youth Leadership Platform. We'll bring you another installment um, next week. But for now, it's good day and God bless. This is cliffcentral.com.